Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep, a podcast about movies and friendship. This is season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse. And we're just four friends from t- our time in jail, hanging out, mm. playing a long movie-watching game. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. I'm recording, as always, in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. And I'm joined today by my good friends. First up, he's Anthony Lopez, part two, on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland. And um, is this your first time being robbed, Anthony? Because you're doing great. It's Anthony Lopez. Alex, it's great to be here. Do you always need to wear the shirt that says podcast host when you podcast? <laughs> I feel like it's kind of self-defeating. And like, we know. We get it, Alex. We get it. I, I might start doing it. That's a good yeah. idea, actually. Also, uh, joining us today, he's a, the co-host of the Old Gamers Almanac podcast. He's from the woods of Brooklyn. He's uh, vertically integrated himself, you know, diversified and shit. And now he's into the occasional grand larceny and home invasion, shit like that. It's Hunter Donaldson. Yo, I sleep in a trunk now i i just sleep in a trunk comfortably in the trunk i like you made to lay it seem there. romantic it's yeah. never looked so good <laughs> as these people laying in this particular trunk in this movie i i mean i assume it's one of those like when they do like a tunnel shot and you pull back and you see that it's like a wall and they've just built a little house no no actually it's a real trunk they're in there yeah. that's just what george Clooney looks like when he's in the trunk man what Covered a hot trunk guy what um, a also joining sexy us in, movie in Northern California, he's a protege of mine, ranked number 32 in the federal prison system. It says for Fox. You know, I mean, out of 20. <laughs> um, I assume he meant uh, fighters, but I just like that you're just like, we're just keeping track. Who's the best boy oh, in all of the prisons? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Is it great on a curve or something? Like, I mean, am I going to be prison no, It's just like one guy's opinion. It's just like Eddie's opinion. <laughs> like Eddie's work. Eddie's oh, dude, Eddie's ranking. prison power rankings come out every Thursday. <laughs> Everyone can't wait. Everybody's trying to be so nice to Eddie all the time. <laughs> It was a fun way to get yourself shanked, presumably. Um, before well, we start, I got to climb the ladder. You, you I want to yeah. thank thirty-four. Oh, want to yeah. be thirty-three. Oh Makes yeah, you're all the way up. Yeah. Uh, before we start the show, I'd like to thank a couple of meat buddies. First up, Mira. Uh, they've been with us since 2018, and we can't wow. thank them enough no, for it. And also, Destiny, who we're going to hear a little bit more about later. If you stick around, if you'd like to join them and help us uh, keep this show limping down the tracks in the fog like a injured ghost train uh, go to metreon.com and we really appreciate everybody who supports the show we can't thank you enough even if we do nothing to show our gratitude in the quality of pod- podcasts we produce okay quick segment one two things we need to cover this week on the news first personal news from ezra and i um so ezra and i launched our new project this morning to much fanfare and some significant embarrassment so Oh, yes. You may remember this a few weeks ago. I mentioned this in the show. So Ezra and I had, uh, we, we made a little business account for the money we made from when our novel went viral a couple months back. We set aside a percentage of the money to do something silly on TikTok with since we got this money doing something silly on TikTok. So we had a little, we, we took advice. We asked people to suggest stuff. And the two most common things people suggested were give it to charity or give it to me. And I will say oh, yeah. it was about 10 to 1, give it to me versus give it to charity. But those were the two most common ideas. But I mentioned before you went and bought Twitter with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to buy Twitter, but it's just too many bots. I yeah, just don't. That's true. I like I the just, bots. It's too many humans. That's my, that's my problem. <laughs> yeah. many hum- the humans and the bots are the problem. Yeah. It's, I, it's all of the tweets. I, that's what really drives me crazy. I thought it was that Color there was not was fine. enough bots for you, right? You wanted more bots. I want oh, more yeah. bots. 
I want it just to be bots talking to each other, yeah. sharing different information to each other, I and actually, falling if, for if it. If it's all bots, then we can all just not look at it. That does mm -hmm. seem yeah, kind of nice. That's true. It could be all bots already, and mm -hmm. we're still looking at it. You know oops what I mean? It's all bots. <laughs> it, could be, all it could be an oops all bots situation where everybody's just looking at this thing and it's not real. So we had a couple hundred bucks. We wanted to do something silly with it. And, you know, because it's this is Ezra's influence, obviously, he wanted it to be uh, joyful. He wanted it Don't to be blame it on Ezra before no, no, you no, share I... the embarrassing part of the story. Oh, no, okay. I'll get the embarrassing part. <laughs> Ezra wanted it to be positive. So that's why we ended up. So we came up with this idea. Um, I did mention on the show a couple weeks ago that um, somebody had suggested we hire a clown to follow Mitch McConnell around and wave at him from a safe distance. See, that was actually and a good suggestion. Such a good suggestion. I mentioned it's out of my price range. And uh, but I did get enough people excited about that idea that maybe we should do a separate Patreon to just fund the Mitch McConnell clown because uh, people want this idea to happen. But here's what we settled on. So Ezra and I came up with this idea. We we're like, um, because it, we could combine the two ideas of give us charity and give it to me um, by giving it to you in very small amounts if you promise to use it to be nice to somebody else. So we settled on what we're calling the teeny tiny grant. So the teeny tiny grant is you can apply on the website, teenytinygrant.org. And if you apply there, you tell us what you're going to do with it. And it's no strings attached. Um, but one string, you have to do something nice for somebody else with it. We'll give you $11. You do something nice. You tell us what you want to do. And what we, um, yeah, we'll give you 11 bucks. That's the, that's the punchline. You get $11 to do something nice for somebody else. And so I la we launched this morning on TikTok and Instagram and, and um, the response has already been incredible. It's actually, I don't know if you've looked yet as, but we've got, We've got a couple hundred applications already, and they are my my. The disappointing thing is they're almost all great. Like, yeah, no. I saw this. Someone someone wants more the, than we can afford. Someone wants like a a, a little like crown for their little sister. Like, yeah, uh, which is adorable. Someone wants a burrito for their friend who's having a tough time. Yeah, like, I, there's um a, a, a guy who's named Grant, which already I like gives you an advantage if you're a small Grant. Um, Grant wanted is like coaching a third grade. Um, swim team and wants to buy them donuts and i just love the idea of kids getting out of a pool and getting donuts from us anyway they're all so wonderful and sweet and i want to support all of them and i don't think we can um this so nice we might thing is going to end up bankrupt bankrupting you because you're going to end up putting a bunch of your own money in it because you're so involved I mean, look if if the two options are it bankrupts us or it blows up blows up in our face mm. i'm going to go with the bankrupt us i mean that yeah. definitely is the better answer is if i just spend all of my money helping people 11 dollars a time okay but here's the embarrassing part that i promise so we launch it and we get one comment that's like hey i'm trying to go to the website and it only says ten dollars i'm like that seems weird and it turns out instead of going to teenytinygrant.org if you go to teeny oh. tiny grants with an s Someone else had the same goddamn idea, but they're giving away ten dollars. So now so you're, our, <laughs> it's and, like it's like we invented Netflix and there was already Netflix. Yeah, like, exactly. like, <laughs> we just launched a Netflix the week after they went live and everybody liked it. So I can't believe we did not check. We only bought it without the S. And so anyway, no S, that's us. It's eleven dollars. If you're looking at an imposter who only wants to give you ten. <laughs> One more no, part to you. Get, get 10 also. But but it's so weird because why is it 11? Like, it that makes it seem like you knew about the first one. The yeah. fact that it's one dollar. Yeah, that's right. one of them. And the, the reason it's 11 is because it's dumber than 10. 
because they're seeming to be like the te- the the other people, the ten dollar people, seem like they're trying to be like really helpful. It's more about creative projects. Well, wait, but did you know about them before you? No, launched? we or found no? out them after we launched. That's what I'm saying. Is I didn't think to click on the the one with S. We only bought the two domains with no S, and so it, it wasn't- seems fishy. It seems fishy. I, I feel know. like there's something and going on They only on here. launched like two months ago. Like it was recent. Like no, no, no. I mean, you're you seem fishy. I yeah. know. Seem like that's what fishy. I'm saying. It seems fishy. <laughs> and we didn't get, that's why I'm kind of like, I'm actually kind of gutted. So Ezra, right now. Ezra, Among of course, Among is Us. great about it. I, I really like it because it's like we wanted to bring Silly Mirth into the world and we we're willing to pay $11 and we got some for free, which is a bonus. <laughs> Um, plus you can get now $21 if you want. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's kind of confusing and I like the idea of any, any amount of money you want, there's a different website for that. Right. So there's like a $9 grant. There's an $8. So, grant. so if we launch websites. a $9 grant, then we can both over and underdo them. Based on what you think. Yeah. Is the, yeah. We're, yeah, exactly. We're for, we're going to prices, right them into a corner. <laughs> we do a $1 also in case everyone busts. <laughs> Right, exactly. Because everyone goes over. <laughs> I mean, I, I I do like the idea. I Ezra thinks we should be friends with them. Absolutely, we should be no. friends with them. And absolutely, I think we should. Niche, I think we should burn them in the ground. I think yeah. we should trash talk and we should sue them. Yes, yeah. yeah. we should tell everybody that ten dollars is an embarrassingly small amount of money. No one would do <laughs> a grant for ten dollars. With ten dollars, so you need ten dollars. Yeah. It's, so well, what's going to so, pay for the tax? What's going to pay exactly. for the tax? You know what, what I'm saying? Or a tip, right? Like I think, like yeah, like a two <laughs> $1 lattes tip. Alex, really? Dude, one dollar tip. Two Did lattes, four fifty a piece. That's nine bucks. You give a tip for each latte. That's eleven. Okay, that's, that's the right amount okay. of money. Okay. If you get okay. ten, you're under tipping. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Which is, I think, the problem because we're mm-hmm. assuming ten is how much this is going to cost. You got one dollar extra. Exactly. And you, right. of course, give it to the, the barista. That's you know what, what I think. You should do the barista. Think of, okay, what if this? What if you tell people if you want to do good and keep this good train going, you can take the ten dollar grant from the other people, donate it to you. Oh no, you oh, no. add one dollar to it, right, right, right. and then re-gift it to somebody else. Oh, I like this. Uh, Actually, yeah. Ezra, we should definitely apply for a ten dollar grant. Yeah. Just and, use yeah. it for one person. We, oh my god! You're going to extend this by so, so much. Our, our creative project is to exp- extend your grant by ten percent. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm maybe I'm I'm freaking out. But I, it, we're just talking about sending all the grant requests that you're getting to the ten dollar grant people. Just kind oh, of no, funneling no, no. that over. No, that's funny. I was just saying I should apply for ten dollars. Get yeah. it? No, and no, then no, put no, it no, into no. my but, fund for the eleven dollar grant. But I like but your idea. We just forward this is our the email idea. to them. You look at all these great pitches that people are giving you you send them over to the ten dollar people get the ten dollars add your one in yes. that you okay. contributed this is a way we can make this money go a lot price. further mm. i like that yeah that's true you could do this forever this yeah. way yeah these ten dollar people have made a huge mistake by being under your limit instead of instead of 50 or instead of doing maybe 50 grants we could now do 500 grants you could do yeah. 500 maybe, grants maybe 5, we, grants then you know. have to do this this is exact <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> the type of fraud that you need to be involved <sighs> in well so if you have an idea at home for something you could do with 11 dollars that or would be nice 10, for someone else okay or well, go to teenytinygrant.org if you have if you would like 11 dollars if you only want 10 yes you find the other one it's, mm. You can do that. Um, we might be just forwarding your email to them anyway. Um, so teeny tiny grant. I really appreciate. It. Okay, really quick. One more thing. I, Anthony, I am 
so interested to hear you actually explain this out loud. So you've been texting us about it, and I am still thoroughly confused. So please, for the rest of our news segment, the actual news in the movie world, it was Morbin time over the weekend. What is happening? Well, it's been Morbin time for a few months now, actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, so this weekend, we got to see a studio buy misunderstand memes go all in on them in a way we have not seen since snakes on a plane. That was the last <laughs> time something like this happened in which a studio but didn't that kind of work. Didn't no, snakes, snakes on, plane? on a plane fucking cratered. It left a oh, big really? smoldering oh, really? hole in the earth. Yes. Yeah, um, but that was a movie that was, Oh, there's all these memes, all this hype. It's a joke everywhere. We're going to be printing money. And then everyone was like, we just like the jokes. What the fuck are you talking about? We're not going to watch that yeah. movie. Why would but, we see the movie? But we kind of got like a fun inverse flip of that this week with uh, when people trolled Sony Pictures into re-releasing Morbius uh, into theaters. What is Morbius? How did I? I don't even know what this movie is. It's a Jared Leto uh, vampire movie. It and is, it's associated with Spider-Man somehow. It is Spider-Man's D-list villain. He's a vampire okay. man. He's Dr. Morbius, the living vampire. Vampire Man um, would have been he, a better name for the villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, to be fair, it's almost that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're close. But yeah, so Morbius, if you guys have not seen a movie in the last two years, uh, you might not uh -huh. have seen the trailer for Morbius. But I Morbius, uh, Morbius was a, like the first trailer of Morbius came out in January 2020. Uh, and it just kept getting delayed because of COVID. So right. if you had seen a movie at all in the last two years, you probably saw a Morbius trailer attached to it. I saw the Morbius trailer 50 times over the last two years in theaters just because it was on every movie you would go see. And this um, is Sony. This is not Marvel. So this no. is still part of that crazy well, deal where they get to make a, a Spider-Man movies as long as they constantly make Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So the thing with this is that like Sony was really, you know, this is not connected to the MCU. Um, it, you know, Venom was a huge hit for them, but Venom's like dumb and weird and that's become like an odd queer icon. So like it, like it built its own sort of steam. And like this movie, the main poster for Morbius says a new Marvel legend begins or something like that. Like they're really trying to trick people into thinking this is in the also, MCU. This is the exact same poster as Venom. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But without any Hilarious. of the fun or interesting stuff that Venom does at least. And so in the trailer, I think Jared Leto says I am Venom. Yeah, he makes a joke. One. It's so strange. Yeah. It's very weird. Okay. Um, but yeah, so this movie was a mess and a really crazy development. There's a bunch of stuff in the trailers that aren't in the movie, like references to Spider-Man and uh, Michael Keaton's character from the MCU, who is forced in at the very, very end of Morbius uh, instead of being a major role, but they like cut the movie to shit. Um, but yeah, it was a very bad Sony Spider-Man movie, like almost all of their movies. Okay. So, uh, yeah. It came out a few months ago. It did not do well. Uh, people weren't excited to go visit the doctor. You know, they weren't excited to see Dr. <laughs> Morbius MD in his office of their local Cineplex. Um, right. And the movie tanked. But because of, I think, you know, the years of people seeing trailers for it, it kind of getting talked about like it was so bad. It, it took on a life of its own. If you if you search Morbius on Twitter, you'll find a million memes, mostly around the idea of like it's Morbin time, 
or you know, like other weird references. You or, know, or like, or like, I'm gonna more about. Right yeah, now. I'm gonna more like, about. Yeah, more heads unite. Morbius sweeps. <laughs> you know, Morbius. It's really just that Morbius is a really dumb yeah, name for that Morbius, a character. Even a vampire. Yeah, it's it, a it's a notably dumb name for a vampire yeah. character. It made that's wild. It made thirty million dollars opening weekend, but in Morb dollars, that's like thirty billion more bucks. So that's a lot of money. A lot of great memes that came from this. And right, yeah, right, right. We still don't know was, the effects of Long Morbius. Um, okay, yeah. I'm just looking at some memes. Yeah. Uh, so someone at Sony saw these memes. And was like, this must mean people love fucking Morbius. Which it was, is, by the way, yeah. this is like the best thing that's ever happened in my opinion. Yeah, so like, like this idea that Sony is like, we're doing so good. Yeah. Like, and like, it what feels like maybe they had like a person whose job is to give them a graph of how many people have tweeted about each of their properties yeah, yeah. that day. Uh, yeah, and so right, they just yeah, counted right. the occurrences of the word Morbius and didn't bother to read the actual tweets, which are like. It's actually very funny that Jared Leto gets to be in the worst DC movie and the worst Marvel movie at the same time. Yeah. Like, so if you just only saw Morbius was related there on right. the graph, and, you're like, right. people are talking about That's Morbius. That's a hit. Yeah. That's a hit. The hit. This thing I mean, about the hit is that they're like, no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, and the yeah. thing yeah. about the memes is that it's like so few people saw Morbius that you don't actually know if he actually <laughs> says of- it's morphing time <laughs> in the movie, right? Like, that's evil. Like, no one saw the movie, so maybe right. he does say it's morphing time. That's funny. That's a funny like, your curiosity, key, a key aspect of the story, your curiosity is not enough to where you would go see this yeah. movie no. to yes. double check it, whether he says yeah. it's morphing well, time Well, that's the thing, not. is like, I, I have seen the only thing I've seen of Morbius, the only the closest I've seen to the movie was I saw it how I believe the director intended it, which is I saw the whole movie in gift form. There's a gift <laughs> yeah. of the entire movie you can find online. Right. Um but yeah, so Sony being kind of the weird out of touch movie studio thought like, oh my god, this must mean people love it. They thought I think they thought they had like a room esque situation on their hands. Yeah. Like they oh, uh, we're gonna release this movie and people are gonna show up and they're gonna scream, I'm gonna morb throughout the whole thing and it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I'm gonna morb. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> But the thing is, like again, the the whole point was like that people were just dogging on this movie that was trying so hard, is really out of touch. And right. they they did two things. One, they killed the meme. By making Jared Leto do a joke about it when he was reading oh, sure. a script for Morbius 2 called It's Morbin Time, which killed the mean. But is, yep, not fun if there is one person on it's, the planet <laughs> who would be more upset about having to do a meme post, it's Jared Leto, I think. Sure. So I yeah. do enjoy that. But we did kind of win in that way. Yeah, here's where it comes full circle, though. So they get Jared Leto <laughs> in on the meme, they re release the movie in a thousand theaters over the weekend. And it made fifty-eight so it the first dollars. Time, but they put the money in to re-release it. Yes, yeah. which I mean doesn't. It's not like they're like resending out film prints, right? They're just resending out the digital keys of the film. So yeah, yeah, it's right. not, not like that, a huge yeah. thing, but it's just more the pie on the face. When this weekend, Fantastic Beasts three, a movie we've also talked about being a massive bomb on this podcast, which is yes. currently available to watch on HBO Max right now. Made more money than Morbius did this last weekend. 
That's beautiful. Uh, that's it so bombed beautiful. a second time. I think the problem, though, was, right, it's like a thousand theaters is not the way to to, to nurture uh, the room type situation, right? It's like you get like five theaters that are yes. all like midnight showings yeah. yes. and like you get like the Super Morb fans and like it can kind of be like you can kind of like thread the needle of like... Yeah, you're not allowed in without a costume. Do. There's like free popcorn or something. You, yeah, yeah, you do. A th- you make it a thing. But that would require them to understand that people hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and no the, one actually the idea wants to see of it. the movie. Yeah, but and they've so, not seen it. So watching them get tricked into w- releasing this wide again, only for it to crater. There's a really great um, on change.org right now. There's a petition oh, this is so to get yeah, Sony yeah. to re-release it because the petition is: Look, we were all busy last weekend, but we will definitely <laughs> show up next weekend. If you re-release it one more time, come on, come on, one more time. We'll we'll do. No, we're gonna see it this time, Sony. Yeah. We promise. But yeah, I just love the idea that you could just troll this movie company so hard multiple times is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they have like three other of these like C tier Spider Man villain movies in the works right now, which I, I do wonder if this is going to like effect like right now they have craven the hunter who's another spider-man villain again they're making another spider-man villain movie without spider-man in it uh and that's supposed to come out like next year or the year after that and i do wonder right now if they're like maybe we should make it worse on purpose (laughs) and they're gonna try to capitalize on the morbius thing um But yeah, it it's just it's a beautiful thing to watch and grow sort of naturally and then watch Sony take the bait and fall on their face again. Um it's just a delightful thing to watch happen. It's fun. I was like I was lukewarm on it, but that change.org petition yeah. cracked me up this morning. Yeah, that's that really really funny. I'm sorry yeah. we were all busy last weekend. Please do it again. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm signing it. Well, I signed it twice. <laughs> All right, so that's that's Morbin time. Um, if it's back in theaters, we will not watch it again next week. Yeah. Um, thanks for the update, no, don't Anthony. Don't say that. Don't say that. We're we all might, we, we might be able to. Sony, I'm, we I'm promised. Yeah, we'll go. Sony, we'll we'll go. Sony, we promise. Just bring well, one more time. Let me clear my schedule. Send, if they do put it in theaters again, Anthony, I think you should go on our behalf at least, just to report on the empty theater. You might say it's it. Morbin time. It yeah, could he, be in there. Yeah. Like yeah. no one can really be sure. No one's seen that. Maybe no one knows. I don't think he would say that. I think he would say it's <laughs> it's Doctor Morbin time. It's not yeah, Doctor Morbin. He's got his doctorate. Um, okay, we're gonna thank you. That's a great update. I appreciate it. Let's move on. We got a game to play. All right, it's time for segment two of the game this week. We watched the film Out of Sight, the 1998 American crime comedy film directed by Steven Soderbergh and written by Scott Frank, adapted adapted from Elmore Leonard's 1996 novel of the same name, mm-hmm. starring, of course, Mr. George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, Ving Rhames, Don Cheadle, Dennis Farina, Albert Brooks, and most importantly, uncredited Michael Keaton, who was also in Batman last week. I mean, and, this uh, movie also stars... This is one of those films that it's just the murderer's row of actors, even small parts of people who would go on to be some of the biggest and most successful actors of all time. Like Viola Davis has like one scene. Oh in this yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Don Cheadle is obviously went on to be huge. Super well, successful. what's funny about Don Cheadle is that I'm used to seeing Don Cheadle as being the funny guy in a serious action movie. Yeah, and in this right. one, he's the serious guy in a funny action movie. Mm. 
I think like, he's kind of isn't he supposed to be a little funny though? Yeah, he's kind he's of funny, some, right? Like, oh. Occasional things, right? Like could fall in sling sharp. Yeah. yeah, but mostly he seems like he's very serious. And anyway, just kind of a fun. It was like a, a Don Cheadle flip. That's what I, yeah, I thought Louis of. Louis Gomez, um, Kathleen Keno, Steve oh, yeah. Zahn is hilarious in this. Vin Names. Yes. Um, Samuel Jackson cameo. Samuel Jackson, yeah, yeah. Uh, briefly, yeah. Sam Jackson. What was that about? Yeah, yeah it was Luis um, Guzman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fun. Incredible cast. cast. Just a it, stacked it, it, cast in this. The Ann Lewis one. I didn't realize we had seen her before in RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's, 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 she's movie partner. partner. Yeah. 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 Wow. And wow. Um, I mean, all of this is like less impressive to me when I was remembered that Steven Soderbergh made Ocean's Eleven like two years later, which is like action well, comedy with everybody well, famous. This is well, a wild. This run that he goes from '98 yeah. to like 2000 is it's incredible. Yeah, I was gonna try to bring that up, but yeah, this between like it kicks off with this. He does the limey. The year after that, he's nominated for best director twice in one year. He does Aaron Brockovich and Traffic, and immediately follows that up with Ocean's Eleven. Um, like all those movies are like pretty okay. I think Out of Sight is probably my favorite of those. Traffic's really good, but like, what's amazing about Traffic has been ripped off so much. Like, he kind of starts it in this, but like the Steven Soderbergh thing of like every country having its own color scheme and like a gel filter over it is something mm-hmm. that like all movies do that nowadays. Like any movie that takes place in like the Middle East, it's always like a gold or yellow filter over it. Or Mexico is the same way. Detroit is always blue. Um, but like Steven Soderbergh really kind of like pioneered that. Huh. Um, he's one of the, like the most interesting filmmakers. I, I was just, I guess this just feels so much like Ocean's Eleven and um, Ocean's Eleven's like, there's a few things going on, but one of the things is, we hired all of the actors that were available. And so yeah, this yeah. feels like, of course, it's a murderer's road. Steven Sonnenberg's thing is hiring all of the good actors Just at calling one time. everybody and yeah. be like, are you free? Yeah. Like, do you have thing. anything right now? At this point, though, he could still not like make high budget things. Yeah. Right? So this is like this is what makes this, I think, especially impressive. Yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. his calling right. code breakthrough movie. Like Sex, Lies, and right. Videotapes was obviously like in the late 80s. But like Steven Soderbergh's also one of those guys who goes from He's like the ultimate one for you, one for me type of director. But it's usually like one for you. Then I'm going to make four movies. I shoot on an iPhone all with <laughs> non-actors. And I'm going to shoot it real fast. He's just, if you look through Steven Soderbergh's IMDb page, he is just so incredibly prolific. He's retired like multiple times. <laughs> he keeps coming back. He does like his last several films have been shot almost exclusively using like phones. And like huh. he he doesn't have a lot of his movies nowadays. He doesn't have any crew. He does everything by himself <laughs> because that's the way he like keeps his budgets down, keeps stuff down. He like there's like five people who work with him on the back end and the actors. And he like sets up all the lighting and everything, shoots it on a phone, is recording, having someone else record audio. He's just such a fascinating, weird guy huh. who then also goes and does these huge blockbusters with a million famous actors and huge studio budgets behind it. Um, yeah. He is just such a interesting... I think he probably hits more than he misses. But, I mean, when you take that many swings, like, that's going to happen. It's He's such a, like I said, incredibly prolific, yeah, fascinating filmmaker. So I don't know anything about this, but I also... Um... Uh, need to say first. I need to summarize it for people who haven't seen it. But before that, yeah. Ezra, this is your pick. Why are we watching? Uh, why are we watching Out of Sight this week? Uh, so I mean, like 
gets me where I want to go, which is setting me up, you know, setting this up for for the best movie ever, obviously, Endgame. Uh, mm-hmm. One move away now. It's so close. You can taste it. Mm-hmm. Oh, one away to multiple actors, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You get Sam Jackson. You get you get Don yeah. Cheadle. Uh, presumably another one because everyone's in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think I saw this right when it came out. This felt really formative to me at the time. Um, like, great this movie. is why you robbed banks, right? <laughs> so, I mean, like, no one made me do it, but a movie did make me do it. Uh, so, <laughs> well, it's definitely uh, why you always leave the engine running, no matter where you go, right? You always, it's not good for the environment, yeah. but yeah, it's worth it. You know, I got electric. Uh, no, I mean, there's so many movie, so many moments like this that really felt like deep in there basically where i just remembered a lot of it i feel like i may have seen it two or three times since that first watch mm. but um i mean i kind of realize it now it's like this is basically a rom-com it's just yeah. it's just with the with the trappings of like with like a it's a a male acceptable kind of version of it basically so uh-huh. it's like this is a this is it's like you gotta meet cute it's like it's about this romance between the two of them but it, like the outside of it is like all this like uh you know dude acceptable crime stuff that's pretty fun uh i always loved i think elmore leonard uh, i was coming off of i think really liking uh get shorty uh before that i think for the most part this holds up pretty well for me uh um, yeah i think this like, movie rules yeah th- there's some parts where it's like some of the dialogue bits where it's like uh this is i don't i don't feel like this line would still have made it in here uh, anymore um but on, on the whole i mean the 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 like core actors uh, it's really good the, the way you know the, the uh i guess asynchronous uh telling of it i guess with the flashbacks i think is also really good like um I, it all moves super well i i real real still big fan of it yeah i this is the type of movie that like i watch and like i really love it but a part of me is like i'm sort of depressed after it's over because they just don't make movies like this anymore like they they still make like in terms of like big theatrical release a movie with movie stars that's based off like a nice tight novel it's very sexy it's fun it's adventurous and it's just like these are like the middle tier movies that really do not get released anymore it's big prestige movies or it's comic book superhero stuff and that's all that gets released in theaters you don't get these when this, down the middle so we talked about prime before, capers anymore we used to call 1994 the year of movies but um there was that uh, um 99% invisible i think that i talked about which was 1998 was actually the year of the most movies being greenlit um, because of the it was like a couple years after multiplexes just started getting built everywhere and so they just had a million screens and so every movie theater needed a ton of movies to fill all of their screens so like it makes sense that you would say that about a 1998 film because this was a year when they were just making all the films Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the movies all the time yeah I don't understand what what happened. All those what are all those screens doing now? They're showing the same movie at different like ten minutes after. Seriously, like all of the yeah, Doctor Strange. That's what they're doing now. They're showing Doctor Strange on every screen. Uh, Everything. They just just built one giant room for Doctor Strange to morb out on, and and a thousand people can watch one movie. It's it's just now when you go to the movie theater, you're like, oh, I can watch this at seven, seven ten, seven twenty five, seven thirty, seven forty five. Hmm. That's um, that's the variety. That's the spice of life. <laughs> Except never when I want to see a movie at eight o'clock. I, th- have I complained about this to you guys before? Yeah, yeah. Never or PM. 
You can never see movies at eight. Movies are always at six forty-five when you're still eating dinner, or at ten fifteen. Why? Like the, the the time when a movie would be nice to see, it's almost impossible to see it. Get a showtime. That's that's a hundred percent true. And I'm not gonna pull up anything to check if I if any movies start. No, at this eight, is really, yeah. this is legitimately true. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. You're right. There's the, no the, movie anywhere. Seven thirty at eight thirty is almost it's almost never played. And I assume that it's because you want to be done by midnight, so you have to have a ten o'clock show. And if you count backwards, you just need to have it be earlier than eight to get all those runs in the same night but the time when i want to see a movie is almost always the time that is like oh we, we show this at six and at nine thirty, right and but which is a little late eight. for me or a little early yeah. eight would be a perfect movie Seven forty-five, i can get there we're always like okay are we gonna eat dinner and rush or are we gonna stay up too late tonight that is how movie watching goes well they just need to get you in and out you know what i mean they're pro- they're they're not trying to be you can just stay at home alex when you start the movie at, at and we eight do. On That's why I've not seen this Morbius trailer is because we haven't seen a lot of movies in theaters. You're not more than out. Because we're watching them on HBO. Okay, let me give you guys a summary for people who have not yeah. seen Out of Sight from 1998, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Here it is in five points. Number one, George Clooney is the hottest and possibly most successful bank robber of all time, but neither of those things keep him from getting locked up when his getaway car doesn't start. But jail can't hold... George, he breaks out by waiting until other prisoners do all of the work and then following them through their tunnel in a stolen guard's uniform and getting in a car that's parked in the parking lot out front of the prison right there, just in the <laughs> parking lot. Luckily, it was slash- planned. It was planned. OK, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they just were like, we'll just park in the front parking lot and then you can just get in the car and we'll drive away. Um, luckily slash unluckily for them, FBI agent Jennifer Lopez is doing some standard middle of the night paperwork delivery to that prison and is using the parking space George wanted to use. So instead, uh, his buddy Ving Rames, uh, kidnaps Jennifer and puts her in the trunk with George Clooney and they spoon covered in mud in a moderately charming and only a little bit creepy way, um, and immediately fall in love. And that's because, if you know this about Jennifer Lopez, I guess, um, she's smart and cool and an FBI agent and looks like Jennifer Lopez, but it's just having a tough time with her love life, you know? She's just unlucky at love, man. She just yep. can't find a good man. Um, she found Michael Keaton. I also, she found Michael Keaton, but she but, found doofus Michael Keaton, not like <laughs> Batman Michael Keaton. This is, well, this is doofus yeah. Michael Keaton from... Um, uh, Jackie, Brown. Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown. Yeah. Which, by so. the way, in terms of like one scene comic performances, Michael Keaton is so fucking dialed in. And I get like he already played this character a few years before, so he like has a baseline. But Michael Keaton, most of his dialogue in this movie is like no and yes. Like he's a lot of one word answers, but they are so fucking funny. It's like, especially the line I referenced at the beginning when April, uh, Miguel Ferreira is like, you ever think about wearing a shirt that says undercover? The pause Michael Keaton takes when he's like, (laughs) no, it's so so fucking dialed in. Yeah. And it's such a good line. It's he's so fucking funny in that one scene. Um, That's true. Also great. I love it. My wife did not realize he had ever played Batman. And when I told her that she found it really hard to believe that that guy appealed to a director as a Batman. Yeah. Um, It's pretty weird. It is pretty fun. Also, Quick, quick tag. So, uh, you know, Karen Cisco, uh, not not FBI. Actually, she's a U.S. Marshal. And yeah. there is a really fun. There's a fun show also uh, that uh, Carla Gugino was in for like uh, one season, basically. Uh, that focused on that character. I, I, 
it's a recurring character in Elmore Leonard uh, stuff. That I like. Yeah, there's also uh, great if you've ever watched The Incredible Justified, which is also an Elmore Leonard no- uh, show oh. series based off um, one of his books. Uh, but that show is also about U.S. Marshals, and it's it's fucking incredible. And, and you get the character to make a a, a, a a reappearance for one episode also, which is yeah. real cool. Yeah, Elmo Leonard is is an incredible writer. Yes. Yeah, apparently he is. He did Get Shorty and... Which is, yeah, look at this guy. guy. Look at this guy. There's a lot of bad adaptations for his stuff, but like the good adaptations from like 310 to Yuma, Get Shorty... Um, Jack yeah, and Brown, this justified. I mean, yeah, his good adaptations are just almost always legendary. He's just one of the best. Well, I'm glad you you explained that she was a U.S. Marshal because I thought she said she was in the FBI, and no, then it was just like she's FBI. just so freelance. She clearly just like no boss, no agenda. Like she works for law enforcement, but she just goes wherever she wants, does whatever she wants. She has a ton of money. She's just available. She's just like just floating. She's like a floater for the country as a, a law enforcement. And that makes way more sense. I mean, it still doesn't, but it makes more sense. OK, mm-hmm. so she decides since she's freelance, she can do whatever she wants well, that she's going to help. Do you know in- what U.S. Marshals do, Alex? Do you know what a Marshals job is? Like what they're specific, what U.S. Marshals I do? Hey, I don't. Up. I'll mess up right now. Yeah. I yeah. don't. I, I mean, I was I, 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 I would guess uh, transporting prisoners. That is a big part of it. Yes. U.S. Marshals' main jobs are transporting prisoners, prisoner recovery, and mm-hmm. um, like helping with certain other crimes. But it's mostly they're like, they're like bounty hunters. Yeah. They're, like, they're like state-sponsored bounty They're like Boba Fett's, like state yeah. Boba Fett's. But yeah, US, U.S. Boba Fett is a much better name. Like, U.S. Boba, the U.S. Fett. Boba Fett. No, but if Boba Fett worked for the man, I don't think he's cool anymore. I, uh, I mean, yeah, he did work for I, the man. Dude, I don't think Boba yeah. Fett's cool already. Oh, take that. <laughs> what you... I'll take a stand. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fett, he wears yes. a bucket on his head. It looks stupid. <laughs> Boba Fett's... Boba Fett's arc is literally working for the man. He's working for Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. falls into a hole, and then, as we all know from Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, decides to get into local politics. That's what yeah. that show's about. Him, <laughs> he becomes a mayor essentially. Where, where he shit. space version of uh of of Raylan Givens. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah, another U.S. marshal. Yeah, they <laughs> also are in charge of protecting judges. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, According to this, um, and they are law enforcement for the United States Antarctic program. Yeah, yeah. Do it. what she does in this movie is what U.S. Marshals do. Pr- prisoner well, recovery is a huge part of the okay, no, she does. Yeah. She, she delivers paperwork at midnight, and then she assigns herself to an FBI task force, and that is what she does in this movie. Yeah, yeah, mm. I, that's that's what Alex is talking about. The way that. It's just kind of like, can I be on that gig? And they're like, I don't know. To a whatever, different enforcement maybe. organization. And they're like, fine. Um, like, she never reports to work. She does not have a boss or a supervisor. She has no assignments. Right. She gets the job driving her boyfriend across the country. Like, she's just, she just makes her own hours. That's all I'm saying. Right. She's freelance right. law enforcement. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So she decides she's going to help investigate her boyfriend and they fall further in love and then have sex in a hotel. And then George Clooney robs a rich guy's house with a couple of sociopaths and Jennifer Lopez catches them and shoots him in the leg and uh, chooses law over love. Or does she? Yeah. That's the movie. Yeah, she Um, doesn't. No, she does. It's not a twist ending. She she clearly doesn't. 
I just want to say. Well, but she could have not put him in this terrible situation where he has to break out of prison again and where she is going to be the person whose name is on the transport list for the guy that she's been seeing who just escaped a second time under her custody. Like, if well, she just I mean, let him leave the house, whoa, 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 this is so whoa. much easier you're for You're way her. overthinking it. You're way overthinking And they're not going to escape on the transport. The idea yeah, is yeah, that yeah. they get to know each other, then they escape from the prison they go to. Oh, you think? Well, right. That sounds way harder. Why would you do that? I thought because she got the he's got the he's got the lighter now. I don't know how that's going to do it, but you give Samuel Jackson the lighter, yeah. and then yeah, no, wait. All she had to do was not shoot him in the leg and let him leave, and then she's like, "I got to the house, and these guys were oh. dead, and somebody, two of the robbers yeah. are missing." Because no, the police are all coming though. They're, they're, you can hear the sirens at that, at that moment. Yeah, and you're so mixing you just go in the backyard. It would be so easy. You're missing. Ooh, it's cool this way. Yeah, you're missing the point that this movie has. One of the most like fist pumping awesome endings of any movie ever. It is so minus like the details of the minutia of it. Just from a storytelling thing, like I I imagine this is the type of movie I was too young to see this in a theater, but I imagine like seeing this in a packed house and the ending scene when Samuel Jackson shows up. It's kind of dawned what's happened and why she wanted these two to be friends. It's just a fucking fist pumping like. Fuck yeah, Andy. It's so incredibly well done. It's cool. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but if you don't care about that, it is very fun, and I liked that. I, well, I, there, I mean, but this whole movie kind of has a little bit of a don't stop and think about it too much, because yeah. we're just having fun here. Yeah, that's true, but I'm anyway. summarizing it, and I want the people at home to get the full experience, which is, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but don't <laughs> think about it too much. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. They bookend it with the, um, you know it's good, because they bookend it with the same intro song, the, the Isley Brothers, uh, uh, It's Your Thing. Yeah, uh, and so mm-hmm. that, that's a, it's such a cool it's a cool way to open it, right? And like it's it's, yeah. it's ah the, the first five yeah. minutes. So many of these movies are so much, so much of this movie is just it's really it. I I think it's how I define cool basically in my teens. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I mean just a little bit criminal. But yeah, I mean, like stylistically, the way this movie, the way it uses score, its cinematography, its use of still frames is really yeah. really neat and something not a lot of movies yeah. take advantage of. Um, like I said, that early sort of color coding for each major city yeah. has its own sort of color tone. Oh, which you is know, really we haven't neat. even talked about yet is Steve Zahn, St- who's also Steve in this Zahn, movie and yeah. who I love and is so fun. And as far as like you mentioned liking the Michael Keaton comedy moment, there are two absolutely perfect comedy moments in this movie. And the first one is Steve Zahn at the weightlifting bench oh, where yeah. he gets up. And as he's talking, he tries to lift weights and just goes down the dumbbells and they're all too heavy until he gets to a little tiny one. And they don't talk about it. They don't make a scene about it. (laughs) He's just in the background, not being strong (laughs) enough. And it's very, very good. (laughs) And then the second, probably my favorite moment in this entire movie is um, where uh, George Clooney's thinking about his girlfriend and they're in Ving Rames' house and he goes, here, catch. And he tosses him a beer (laughs) and it just goes right by him out the window. (laughs) Doesn't even even try to catch it. And that is, and they just, and again, doesn't make a big, it's not a big thing. It's not a plot point. It was just like, uh, oh, I'm a doofus. It's just two perfect doofus moments in the background. It's great because like, it's kind of a movie where when you establish like some aesthetics that give you like a, a kind of a cool look and feel, you get a lot of like leeway for a lot of like, like one, like you know, kind of like sexy and romantic moments, but also a lot of slapstick as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you basically mm-hmm. they gave it like a lot of flexibility of like this is a cool world that we're we're in. That is, but it also you get, you got a lot of flexibility basically. Yeah, like you work on a lot of stuff. I don't know this. if this is the first movie to do it, but in terms of like talk about changing tone, this movie has an incredible 
gag at the end with the stairs when the guy like oh they set god. up that he slipped. Yeah. A bunch oh of times. my god. Yeah. But like that that gag, it's been stolen so much. I don't know if this was the first movie to do that. It's the oldest movie I can remember. Yeah. Oldest movie I can remember doing it. But it is so well set up. You see him slip like six times before that in the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. And then when that happens and like the cut to George Clooney's face of just like, what the, what the fuck? Did that happen? <laughs> like, it's, I, it's such perfect timing and editing. It's yeah. Great. I want to shout out. Uh, so that so that actor is uh, Keith Loneker, uh, who uh, unfortunately like uh, died a few years ago of cancer. But basically, this was his first role. He was a professional football player before this um, oh. for a few seasons with the, with the Rams. Um, and like this is, I think he did a great job in the, yeah. for the first time out in terms of being like a big physical presence. He like he pops up in like different stuff and like kind of bit parts. He, uh, How along excited the way. Like, he is when he goes back to Don Cheadle and Isaiah Washington's character and is like, "I found stakes." Like, <laughs> yeah, the sincerity. <laughs> In which they're robbing this that house with, just to catch so you. They're robbing a house that has like five million dollars in diamonds in it somewhere, and he just finds a big freezer with a lot of really good steaks, and he is so stoked. But he like yeah. tries. You can't see this on the podcast, but the way he like he's like they're like you this. could if you're he watching like us points. on YouTube.com/slash Alex yeah. Falcone. But the way he like he tries to justify it by showing how big the steaks are with his hands <laughs> is just. It is such a fucking funny. It's very funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah Steve yeah. Zahn is amazing. His like, if I hadn't his... smoked a joint right now, you never would have talked me into this. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he just Steve Zahn basically is a guy whose entire career is having a face that looks like he's about to be taken advantage of. Yeah, like Man. he is There's... the most perfect like sad sack comedy guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's mm -hmm. so so good. I mean, we I just saw him in um, uh, White Lotus where he's. Yeah. Uh, a great like kind of awkward dad and um i've been rewatching treme recently which is one of my favorite shows of all time and he is so awesome in treme as the guy who's like almost cool but always just a bit getting taken advantage of and just persevering and he's, he's so genuine seeming i just really like steve you see, I, I i uh you guys know about steve zahn's personal life why he barely acts anymore no i don't uh he, i you know I'm, i i mind my own business what else? Steve yeah, Zahn just has a really great story of like, you know, he was very, very prolific when we were growing up, right? Everything from like reality bites to this. He was in all movies when we were growing up. And then I think in like sometime in the 2000s, he married an heiress and they oh. just live on a farm in Montana. And he works if something comes along and he really wants to do it, he will. But yeah, he, he has a wife and a few kids and they raise horses and he just seems to like ha he has all the money in the world he'll ever need. And so like when he wants to do it's one of those actors like when you same thing with like Sam Neill kind of has the same thing. Like he has this huge foam in New Zealand that he lives in. So he doesn't pop up and stuff. But when he does pop up, it's because something has to really attract him to it. Like yeah. Stephen doesn't need the work. So when he pops up in something like the White Lotus. It's because he obviously like really relates to this material and wants to be in this. So like he has this huh. really great. He just picks roles like once every few years now. He uh, I think it's in Montana. Him and his wife have a local like community theater program they sponsor, and he does plays in that with like a bunch huh. of community wow. theater actors every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, they've been just, married since ninety four. Yeah, just an incredible life that he has. Yeah, oh, I'm well, so she's jealous. Like, oh, she's it. like a best selling author, which yeah. is pretty cool. Good job. Yeah, yeah, just like 
I could not imagine just like, yeah, I, I act when I want to. I do a lot of community stuff in my community that I really like. But we're like super rich, so I don't need to do an HBO show. But this I is will, also a very funny it. thing about Montana, where Montana has like all the they've got they got cowboys, they got like roughneck oil workers, and then they just have these like billionaires who are like, I just wanted to own half a thing, and so yeah. I bought half of Montana. I, heard, uh, I think Yellowstone is messing it up for them. I think if I'm understand this right, is that Wyoming for Steve Zahn in particular, or for rich people in general? The, the the so yeah, wait, where is sorry Yellowstone? Am I getting this right? Where's yeah? That's Montana. The yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, the show Yellowstone, not the, the show park. Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah I thought you were talking about Yellowstone. Yeah, 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 the part. Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the show Yellowstone is making uh, I think like prices for stuff kind of like go up like a crazy amount to own a whole lot of things in Montana as a result. Oh, that's mm. funny. Um, is that yeah. a good show? Do we like? I've never seen it. No, we've seen, seen it. it. Never seen it. It's, I think it's it's like sort of a it's like there's a, I think it's one of those splits where it's like uh, I think that versus uh, succession where it's like that's like the red show blue show kind of thing. It's oh, interesting. Show, just like um, different audience. And correction. Well, also, he lives in Kentucky. Oh, okay. really matter. That's yeah, a different place. That's a completely um, different place. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, it's not even. I don't even think they touch. I don't think they have any they letters in common. Oh, they got a T. They both have a T. Same alphabet. Same Alex alphabet. Um, okay. All right. So Steve Zahn seems like a good dude. Yeah. Um, just uh, as doing, like the the, the brief sort of stuff. I mean, like I want to just call it the the Luis Guzman uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Catherine Keener scene that I also yeah. liked a lot. Um, mm-hmm. um, whereas, like, it's like how do you how do you how do you like the how um, so yeah so Catherine Keener uh, was originally up for the Jennifer Lopez role but didn't get it uh, but she got cast as uh, George Clooney's uh, ex um, who is like a um, I guess magician's assistant, uh, mm-hmm. out of work magician's assistant, yeah. failed magician's assistant, which yeah. is very funny. Um, mm-hmm. And like uh, Luis Guzman was one of the escapees uh, who is you now looking for for George Clooney, and so uh, tracks tries to track him down to uh, um, his ex wife's place, and like he is really trying to figure out like how do they do the trick where they saw the woman in half. And I think that that whole element with uh, like that just a really another fun moment. There's a lot of like really good yeah good dialogue. I think people like really uh, it's a lot of people who are like in weird situations but like very much like i feel like going about it in a somewhat in a semi-realistic way where they still like kind of sidetracked on things that are important to them even if it's not the most important things actually yeah Yeah. and like i mean jennifer lopez is a great example of someone who like is you know doesn't do a lot of these type of roles like you get something with like hustlers every once in a while but she has a lot of edge but she did a lot of like especially like kind of rom-com stuff you didn't get to see her being like tough or edgy but in this movie you really get a chance to sort of see everything she does when she can be incredibly sexy incredibly tough uh very very funny her scenes with um dennis ferreira who plays her dad in this movie Mm -hmm. uh, so again just pitch perfect they just have very very natural repertoire i love the fact that like you don't really see her talking to her dad about him but she's clearly explained like dad i met this criminal i'm kind of in love with him I, I, and like the thing at the end when he's like, why don't you go on this drive? You can pick up where your interlude or whatever left off, then throw him in the shit house. Like he doesn't judge <laughs> his doctor yeah. for this. He like well, as long as he's not married. That's, yeah. that's what she's all she all he wants for his daughter's uh, boyfriend is for him not to be married to somebody else. Yeah, it's just it's because so he's real good. shitty to Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. who seems like an okay dude, but he's married, so that's a problem. Yeah. The like, hand, like I, the tit for tat. I think Jennifer Lopez. I think Jennifer Lopez is good in this movie. I do. I enjoyed her. I think my main feeling from this movie is that the action comedy movie 
is pretty good and has some very good comedy moments and that there are some really good character things and that the romance, the rom-com part is just not very well written. Yeah. Their meet cute is not very cute. They're, I just don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe it that there's they're, any they're reason the hotel. for them to... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what she is interested in any of this. The, I almost their feel like the movie, scheme, the, the movie sort of tries to suggest like this is how hot George Clooney is, that mm. you just need to believe well, that this woman is just already in love with him. And I'm like, why? Like, why? Well, that, actually, is he that's really the only that thing hot? I got, that's the only thing I buy is like the only reason this makes sense is because George Clooney is so hot. Can you imagine? But I just mean, that's what the movie is, so is just saying. Look, Clooney? he's hot. That's it. But they're not there. There's no other part written. And I, it's see, just, I think it's just you have to understand if you met George Clooney in person, this would happen. Period. Well, see, but this is an inconvenient I, person to love. Yes. For her. Yeah. Very oh, inconvenient. inconvenient. See, like, I don't super even, I don't think <laughs> saying he's that hot. You're saying he's that hot. They've maybe seen some of the same movies, but not necessarily. No, see, that's the stuff that like I think is why it works. Like the fact that their conversation is so like personal. And she obviously can't talk about movies like this with Michael Keaton's character. <laughs> like there is something only I think Anthony, not ever I want to be clear. I think this might be a bias that you have given your personality and your wife's personality that you think discussing favorite movies is deeply personal. This, this I know was, that this is a thing that uh, you care about more than most things, but man if I was stuck in a car and someone was like, oh, I've seen a few movies, I would be like not that attracted to that. I think, yeah. I don't well, mean, I, I, you're looking at me like this is insulting. I just mean you love movies so mm. much that if George Clooney was spooning you and told you about a movie he liked, mm. you'd be like, fuck yeah, George. We got a lot in common. I don't think it's, it's not like they had established that these are two like movie lover not characters. Not movie buffs. Yeah. They, they never not, talked about this movies ever again. They don't of their care character. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I, just supposed to, as it's a rom-com where we're supposed to believe the romance is all from these slight times where they see each other and magic yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. And that is like the least persuasive kind of romance I to me. Know. I think that's like and their scenes in the hotel are really dumbly written. The, not... Their conversation in the hotel is just so dumb and it's so long and it's so gauzy. And then they're like, I guess we go fuck now. And then they do that. Mm. And it's just so silly. You know what? What I did at one point with this movie that that let this not bother me. So, because by the time we got to the hotel scene, I felt like I was kind of like, okay, I get it. I I get like I'm not. Yeah. It, it wasn't that big of a deal to me anymore. At just some point, I had to decide like, okay, these characters are in love. Like I didn't believe yes. it, and I didn't yeah. see it happen. But that that happened, and the rest of the movie is going to be about that. The rest of the movie is not going to like circle back and right. come up with a reason for them to be together. George Clooney's just that hot, I guess. He could walk in right now, cancel my podcast change my life completely i guess that's just how hot he is i think that's you know it he's I mean? an inconvenient amount of hot um and <laughs> I mean, he really I, is i mean i don't want to discount this I would, like i, I would quit my true. job yeah. i would never talk to my parents again i would move out somewhere mm-hmm. with i would just whatever it would take to to be with george clooney i would do it i would almost certainly have to go to prison which is her situation yeah, yeah. um yeah so, right so I, I, look, I don't know if i saw this for the first time now i have no idea how it would read but like at the time i saw this this was very much like this felt very defining in terms of what romance was where it's like this is like like for better or for worse this feels like a, a like it's a that surprising connection i guess and i was and when i saw this as like i guess like a 13 14 year old that was very much what i was like hoping for and craving and like that's that's where it's like yeah this is yeah i yeah, I, I, I very I it's it. like i got it yeah. I just it just works for me. I think like I mean, that unspoken chemistry is just there, right? Like it's and it's that like just two people who see each other in any circumstances, these two would be attracted to each other, right? 
And I think it, it just works well, for me. I don't know. I'm not. So I am like skeptical of the way it's written, but I will say, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember this, but this happened like two months ago where a guy broke out of prison with the help from a U.S. marshal and they like were on the lam for a few weeks and then they, and then, well, she, I think she, Blaze of Glory died. I think they both died. Um, but it was like, and I was like, oh, this is a sweet romance. I really want to be into this. And then the guy had just like murdered some people and it really takes some of the shine out of someone yeah. getting out of jail when you learn what they did before. Well, I mean, one um, of the but- things about this movie that I think works is one, I really love that this movie has probably the most realistic bank robberies in terms of like how bank robberies yeah. actually work in yeah, real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Most I agree with bank robberies in real life are not like how they are in movies, right? So I right. have a good a good friend of mine um, who I, I've not seen in a long time, but I'm, I'm sort of related to her. But her dad was a bank robber. He robbed like 50 banks when she was growing up. And how he didn't like do it exactly how George Clooney did it. But this is basically how he would do it, right? He would go in, single out a teller, give her mm-hmm. a reason, not not alert the whole bank. It was just a one-on-one with his teller. You're going to give me that money in the drawer. I'm going to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he did like 30 to 50 banks up and down the West Coast while she was growing up and then spent the rest of his life in prison. Um, yeah, but which is like, how these stories yeah, it's how they always end. Yeah, but like that's how I do love that element that it's this is how bank robberies actually are in real life 90 yeah, yeah, yeah. of the time but then he's also like he's a criminal but he has a very very strict code that he goes on like yeah. the fact that he like never uses guns he actively talks about like he's disgusted at the insinuation that he's gonna like assault her in the truck right like it's just it's a very interesting character for a career criminal that they really yeah. walk the line to make him likable. And yeah. Ving Rhames is like also a, a, the, his moral compass, and Ving Rhames gets to get away with it and that yeah. and keep all the money, which is what you yeah. want to with happen the, to yeah, the moral guy in a crime movie. Great character trait that he calls his sister and like, <laughs> I and love that. Apolog- yeah, it's so apologizes good. every crime he does, except the one time he called her before the crime, and that's how that he ended up too. in prison. Yeah, yeah. That's really so, so funny. So this story from last month. So they were on the lam for about two weeks. She was uh, um, working at the prison. She escorted him to a doctor's appointment. And then the two of them just disappeared forever um, until they got cornered two weeks later. And then um, she took her own life. And he was on trial for capital murder charges before that because he's a piece of shit. And it's so the idea of this Bonnie and Clyde romance breaking out of jail. I was like so ready to be into it. And then when I read about him, I was like, Oh no, this guy sucks. I don't want this guy to be happy. I want yeah. this guy to be in jail, I think. I hate this I guess, guy. I guess real life is just more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last thing I want to say about this movie before we move on is that I have definitely seen this movie before and I just completely forgot about it. And I was after I watched it for this, I just kept forgetting about it. When people would ask what we watched this week, I would forget. And there's something about this movie that just feels like a little bit like if I'm not looking at it in the moment, I can't remember it. There's something about it where it is out of my mind. Yeah, that's if weird. I'm not looking at out of sight, it is out yeah, of mind. I got. Huh. Okay, I think actually it's at least memorable. Oh. Uh, I think it's the issue. For the, it's for, because for of the your memory, the memory problems that you have. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, that was worth not worth the walk. Okay, we have uh, a couple more quick things we got to do. Um, next up, we need to get the uh, official quality ranking of Out of Sight from 1998. Ooh. Where on our list of the 19 best movies of all time of season five, 
are we going to place out of sight 1998? I'll give you some tops if you want. I think it's usually helpful to remind everybody. Yeah. So uh, The Third Man is still the best movie of all time of season five, followed by Edge of Tomorrow, Eternal Sunshine, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Batman, and Apollo 13, which is legitimately the best. Um, And then Michael Clayton, since we're talking about George Clooney crime movies, we probably should include that on the list. And then after that, uh, Battleship Potemkin, Taking of Pelham 123, In the Cut, and then around 1112 is where we have our, I, I think, our subjective quality line where princess diaries and life aquatic happen and then it goes down from there yeah yeah so somewhere yeah. around 11 12 so okay so um batman is in the top five and michael clayton is currently seven and then um the quality line is around 11 or 12 so I, where do you guys rank out of sight on this I list i would put this right behind in the cut on that list okay so you would put it just barely above the quality line yeah i'm not i mean i think all of the move i think the quality gap from like Everything up until in the cut are all bangers, all great classic movies. I don't think there's a single bad movie in that list. And then I think yeah, Princess yeah. Diaries, Life Aquatic, Cable Guy are all all right, like uh-huh. to middling. Yeah. And then it gets bad. But I do think that it's not like I'm not putting this. So this the is better than line. all the middling movies, but it's not as good as the good movies. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd say it's as good, but I just think the list kind of, you know. I'm not going to put it above like in the cut or anything, which I think a lot of the stuff above that. I is, ignore like, in the cut placement because it is non-canonical. It's non-canonical. Wasn't there that episode? Um, I I think I would put this right below Batman. Uh, is like where I would put it. I liked it better than Michael Clayton. I don't like it better than in the cut, but in the cut is number one on my own personal list mm. of all these films. So I do not. So you put right after Batman. It. I'd put it. Yeah, right below Batman on the list. Above Apollo 13. Above Apollo 13. Oh, is that really just right? I'm not doing that bit on purpose this week. I just want you to know. I'm glad even on an instinctual level. Yeah. Even on an instinctual level, I'm doing it. Yes, or where do you put it? Uh, it's four. It's above. Um, above uh, Batman. Above you know, above, above Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Above, yeah, Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. And this is, this is, this is very much like I picked this because I love this, so. Um, wow. Okay. So I'm going to say, you know, the list is a li- like reads a little different to me. I do think in the cuts in the weirdest place, but I also didn't enjoy it while it was happening. Um, but I liked this more than Battleship Tampkin. Um, I do think this should settle near Michael Clayton because they are similar. Um, I think. I, I mean, think outside I like of Mike- the lead, they're really not that similar. It's weird that you... Yeah, they're just the George yeah. being a charming criminal. Movies, that's, wait, that's very similar. I, he's not a criminal I, in Michael Clayton. Totally no, he's so not. Different. He's yeah. not a criminal in Michael Clayton? How dare... What are you talking about? He does he's, bad stuff. He's a criminal. Sir, but that's it's not a it's criminal. That's not a, what a criminal is. The also, person he gets to be all char- He's more charming and out of sight. I like him. Yeah. I actually don't really like him in general. But I do like him if he's in a Steven Soderbergh movie. I think mm. the the worlds that that he makes for George Clooney are like perfect, perfect yeah. worlds for him to inhabit. Well, so I think this deserves to be eighth. I say I put it behind Michael Clayton, but ahead of Battleship Potemkin, okay. which gives us a total score of twenty nine, an average score of seven point two five, which means I get my wish, and Out of Sight is the new eighth place movie. Ahead of Battleship Potemkin and behind Michael Clayton, so um, it's a good movie. That's where it goes. Um, it's a very impressive film. Uh, I yeah okay. Um, I 
<laughs> I ranked it higher than you, but I like it less than you. That's the weird thing about this list. Sometimes. It is you were like, man, this movie fucking rules. It's the worst good movie we've seen. And I was like, man, I don't like this that much, but it's better than well, so many of the other things. But you can, but this is a ranked list, so you can never tell. Like, I think all that says is that Anthony's just overall more positive about the list as yeah, a whole. Like, yes, right. love it. yes. Yeah. that's exactly right. There's a right. lot of great movies on this goddamn list. I mean, I do yeah, feel like, like in the cut. Yeah, <laughs> I do Diaries. feel like the top five, six are like legitimately great movies, and then there's a chunk that's like we kind of disagree about them, and then there's a chunk that like we agree that these are good, we agree that these are bad, and that we disagree on these, and that's yeah, how this should be like, for all of us. Of course, yeah. of course. Top, top five, you could recommend that to most people, right? And like the next five, like or like some after that, it's like, well, this is a look at me, your mileage may vary. Yeah, except for Apollo 13, which is the most um, universally beloved film of all time. I think other people would be like, yeah, there's some there's some stuff in here. Um, okay, now we have to pick our next film. So yeah. uh, Anthony went, then Ezra. That leaves Hunter in the third position for this round five. Yeah, Hunter, what is your fifth pick, your round five pick for season five? Okay, there's been a lot of discussion um, <laughs> off, yeah. off show. I do feel like this one's had the most back channel negotiating of yeah. any episode so far. There's there's been a lot, and and I and I have let I have told both Alex and Ezra that I'm going with them, and I've talked to them as if we are for sure in cahoots. And this is when you will be finding out okay. where Before where my do, loyalties let, let me, truly let's, lie. Let's pull back the curtain and ch- tell everybody what the cahoots are. So just so you're not if you're not keeping up, so Ezra picked last and picked yes. this movie to set himself up for his choice the most unbearable movie that anyone has ever picked for the yeah. show read it and weep yeah. avengers endgame and not be but okay i um, and yeah and i talked with hunter i think before before making the out of sight uh uh that's pick, true I, yes. I talked with hunter and, and and he said in the discourse i'm like hell yeah, yeah. but also i did, I did exactly hunter, say that in a back channel discussion uh asked me what I was interested in because I'm next. And Hunter, here's Hunter's thing. Hunter, it seems like, is point motivated, which he hasn't been always. But currently, uh, Hunter is in the lead, tied in the lead yeah. with me. So I don't know why mm-hmm. you've become so desperate to get points, but we're at a pretty tight grouping right now. So you want to pull ahead. You want to get some points. Yeah. Um, but also Hunter's motivation, as far as I can tell, is Hunter would like to watch more movies filmed in Hong Kong. And so getting to the Hong in the Hong Kong direction is an important uh, thing for you. Um, right. Which Avengers, I want to say for the record, Avengers does get us there pretty, it gets you there. pretty easily. I, I will say my interest in this is not about scoring points for me. My interest is purely, I do not want to watch Avengers Endgame and I will do yeah. anything possible to avoid that happening. I kind of love it. Kind of mm. love that. I just, I, I, I mean, I'm close to saying I will not watch this movie. Like, I'm pretty close to saying if you pick this movie, I will do the episode and will not watch the movie. That's I hate hilarious. it so much. See, you got to stop saying stuff like that because that's going to make me want to make you watch it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like okay. you got to try and be a little boring about it. Like, and just be like, sure. I just be like kind of annoying. But that that sounds exciting. You're not watching it. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, yeah. I mean, we've had this, I would say, long era on this show of cooperation mm-hmm. you know and i think symbolically <laughs> this moment is about whether that era continues right. or if we kind of direct into a more competitive state because alex is here saying been the, the era of good feelings on this podcast yeah, yeah and the thing is alex is saying absolutely will not watch the target movie that ezra has picked 
which I think is an interesting conflict. But I have all the power, right? A little rude, huh? right? A little. It's rude. a little rude. Know, it's a little he rude. Knew this yeah. when he picked it, I'm yeah. not. This is not arbitrary. He no. picked it knowing full well that I cannot stand the Marvel world and that this is the yeah. most Marvel bullshit Marvel that's ever marveled. It's so overwhelmingly bullshitty yeah. and boring, yeah. and it's going to ruin uh -huh. two nights of my life because <laughs> it's too long for us to watch in one and, sitting. And if we go the path to uh, to the Hong Kong cinema mm -hmm. stuff, we have to watch another marvel movie after avengers endgame is another aspect and i'm also genuinely excited so this is the change that i've made once i got my first movie once i actually scored and i, I was like not embarrassed on the scoreboard my opinion of what i want to do on this season has changed from trying to win to i would like to watch good movies because i don't like when my tuesday night is ruined oh and yeah so, i've been playing this entire season so yeah, far. yeah. anthony's well, game like, yeah. anthony you that game with the side of hurting me um strategically and i and i'm still mad about that but yeah i would just like to watch more good movies and my secondary choice now is i would like to watch fewer masculine bullshit movies because this movie this season so far out of 19 movies there's been maybe six women in the whole thing and yeah. that our show doesn't pass this bechdel test and i feel like we should occasionally watch a movie with women in it and so the idea of avengers yeah. which avengers is avengers endgame has a whole montage at the end when all the women come together stuff <laughs> what are you exactly what you're asking for going into the avengers well, but, going into okay. marvel is the last thing that we need to do for the no, masculine bullshit of this uh, a the season of women who have never spoken to each other in any of the <laughs> if they weren't in the same room at any point get together and kick what could you want more for girl power? Am Damn. I right? Oh, this, I hate yeah. it. You're yeah. saying right. exactly right. what I it is. I dragged this out to make it exciting, and now I want to know. Hunter. Okay. You've given some hints, but I want to know what's happening. Who who are okay. you abusing? Who did you lie to? So so I feel like the, my two paths are uh, a kind of the hero's path with Ezra, and uh, everything continues. Uh -huh. Okay. Or I think the villain's path, with Alex. What? How am and I the villain? You're the you're, the reason it's villainous is because I've already told Ezra that I am picking Avengers Endgame before Ezra even picked. I will say when you asked me it's if I wanted to work with deal. you, I did not know you were hurting Ezra, and it would have been a lot yeah. harder for me to be part of that. Well, good. I, I wanted to create this situation because it's time for this segment to be fun again. Okay, <laughs> and I'm about to make it fun. So I'm about to announce my pick right Please. now. We are traveling away from out of sight via the actor Don Cheadle. <laughs> now, oh, where are we going? Oh, I haven't said the movie yet. Uh, we're traveling via Don Cheadle. Uh, I told you both that we'll be traveling, traveling to a film via Don Cheadle, okay? <laughs> and the movie we will be watching is Rush Hour 2. I've picked the villain's path. Um, Me and Alex, it's, it's not about working together anymore. It's not about points. This is a vicious game. Can we pause for a quick second? Yeah. Yeah. I have a power card that I'd like to play. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Wait. Go ahead. Let's, 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 let's enjoy this for one second. Uh, he you plays play? a character named. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Rush Hour Two. I don't know. Rush Hour Two. Okay. Rush Hour Two. He plays Canny. Um, I don't know what that. Means. I actually do like Rush Hour Two. All right. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that movie since. More action, action boys, out. but um, yeah. So, well, I mean, right, I, but okay, but I want to point something out before you try and ruin this. The next film after this, besides the main character who is a man, uh, all of the other uh, cast members are women, and there's a lot of women in it. So yeah, and I, do, okay. I mean, there's nothing more supporting women than watching a movie by Brett Radner. 
right? I mean, someone yeah. who's very famous that's, and notorious. Listen, the path was towards the, women, right? These, these, my two choices were just the Don Cheadle Gate, okay? <laughs> and it was either Avengers Endgame or Rush Hour 2, all right? Neither that John Cheadle has been in other than Out of Sight. Right. Um, so, all right, Ezra, what are you going to do? So what are you playing? So this is Trade Places with another player in the turn order. I would like to Trade Places with Hunter. Well, so, so you just uh, get to go again? That doesn't make no, sense. No, wait, wait, wait. I don't you, know how to resolve this. Yes, how do we resolve this? I do feel like if you had said this before he picked, yeah. you would be next. But if he's made a pick and you trade places My with him. already happened. Then mm, you're the just you, second and third in the past, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Is that how, like, do you not read this as him making an official pick? I don't know. Yeah, that's how I. Because well, this I, is a. Here's this is an issue of timing windows is basically what's happened. So, <laughs> yeah, so when do we read the world. effect as happening? Is this a when Hunter casts his vote or after Hunter casts his vote is really. Well, discussion. so I think what's interesting about this, Ezra, is that you could trade places with me. Yes. And then that would be the, play. but you can't go back through Don Cheadle. So is there a, sec- a second person in rush hour two that is also in Avengers? Right, hold on. Let me look at rush hour two. Uh, and see if I can get to. Um, but then when does Alex get a turn? This doesn't make any sense. In round five. He's basically he's canceling me. He gets two turns, and I get no turns in round five. That's not the intent. That's not the well, rules. This is, is the great thing about our this? power cards, Hunter, is that they are not fact checked. They're not. Yeah, there was no designer for them, so These there's just, no intent. Anything to... somebody tweeted at me, I put literally straight into the machine. And didn't even read. You didn't even read it once, did you? I, I mean, I read some of them on the air, but I don't know. So I, I mean, it's hard to say. But I, if I, I'm not sure, as I, I wonder if, I wonder if he's already gone. So, yeah, is it in the pick? Does it like a? I mean, here's the thing. Like, if I know that I'm gonna lock it in, I guess at that moment. Well, I. I I know. I, here's why I actually like I, I like the interpretation that it's outside the time window because if you it gives you the gamble where you could have traded places with him to ensure this, but you right. didn't know he had turned heel mm. at that point. So you yeah. had to gam- you had to wait until he decided right. to know whether you're going to do it. And Which so is that why I played it, has, it the way I played it. it you know, I'm always about the window. You know. Right. Lay it, play it is something that will make some people listening to the show laugh, okay? <laughs> I just said that. Well, this is I know most, for a fact some people are laughing. The po- This is the part of the show that's the most for your crossover audience with your other show. And so yeah. I, I think if that's how they would normally, if you would interpret that in a Twilight Imperium way. Right. Hmm. Lay it, play it wise. I just broke a non-binding deal and there, and it's too late to do anything about it. Now you could, I think you could switch with Alex. I think it's dirty that the card lets you go pick two movies. Because you could also just use this you just use this to get two. Why doesn't it just say pick two movies in a row? Because that's how well, I can. All right, I'll add like... that to the power cards list. <laughs> um, well, then I think we're doing it. I'm, right, I'm going to play a different power card then. <laughs> yeah, play a different one. Play, play one that might make more sense for the situation. Uh, okay, guys. It's Spaghetti Night, and I am now throwing out the movie. <laughs> so, It's Spaghetti Night can only be played after, after uh, another player has chosen the film. Their choice is now void. And they must and pick now, a film directed, must by, pick a film directed by Sergio Leone. So, Hunter, yes. you have just oh. lost Don Cheadle to Rush Hour. Okay, you, but oh no! All power right, right. card you, negated. As Hunter, okay, and now Hunter, you wait. need to pick once upon a time in the West. Wait, wait, hold on a second. 
I'm now like to play trade places with Hunter. <laughs> so and you Don Cheadle is now up for grabs. Wait, no, but if you trade places with me, you, you have already to pick played Sergio Leone. Card. Movie. You have to pick Sergio Leone. Are no, you no, serious? That's you. There, no, no, if you trade places with him, it's still spaghetti night. Yeah. Um, Surely. Does it? Yes, it's still spaghetti night. Oh my god, Ezra. <laughs> I like this idea, Ezra, but you 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 and you can trade places with him and then you get to pick the uh you you get to pick the the, the spaghetti night movie, but mm, all right. You know what? I'll leave this on there. Hunter, you pick your spaghetti night. Wait, before okay. you do this, I think in order to make um this actually um in order to make this actually spaghetti night, we need something all right now it's now it's spaghetti night okay thank you um well then it turns out i could i could yeah go ahead what okay. how are you gonna make this better or worse as, anthony i, well, can't I think especially because alex you know talks about how he doesn't doesn't have a lot of time to watch movies you know he <laughs> doesn't and i think sergio leone will really i think alex just needs to see a really long movie to appreciate yeah, what a long movie can do. Mm, so I, do like I cannot suggest enough. One of my favorite movies of all time. One of the greatest of this director's career is the fabulous 166 minutes long. Once upon a time in the West. <laughs> well, yeah, so this is an interesting check for letterbox. It, it's on my letterbox is one of my favorite films. It's my, my yeah. Yes. And you may recall, it's also a movie that I watched last year. So do oh, I no. even have to rewatch the whole thing, or is Absolutely, it soon enough yes, after? Absolutely. I I quite Absolutely. enjoyed Once Upon a Time in the West. It'll be weird to watch it this soon after, but I liked that movie a lot. It's the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is also almost three hours long. Yeah. So I would I will just say if we're like trying to influence for that reason alone, Hunter. Yeah. I have been wanting to watch The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and I have, have watched Once Upon a Time in the West. I've not seen it, and I've I don't, um what else is in his. Well, there's uh, the Man with a... No Name trilogy, right? So there's a fistful Let's of dollars. Let's watch the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's what I, I would rather. It's been longer since I've seen that one, uh, and I yeah, I want to watch the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, okay. I'm just thinking about that final sequence. It's so fun. It's so I've, I've also not seen Fistful of Dollars. Um, in fact, uh, I think the only thing I've seen is Good, Bad, and the Ugly. So or, oh, sorry, the only good, thing I've seen bad, is the Good, Bad, and the West. So yeah, let's watch yeah, one, yeah. Good, Bad, and Ugly. You got to see that one. We're going to see it. All right. Good, the bad, and the ugly is the new pick. It's spaghetti night. It's spaghetti, <laughs> it's spaghetti night. night. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Ezra, now that, this, now that this played out this way, I'm sure we can just like let bygones be bygones and go back to cooperating. <laughs> is, that, is that where you think this is going? Why not? I mean, I think, I mean, I was, listen, listen, Alex was corrupting me. I don't want to like. I'm not a villain here. I I just tried to spice the game up a little bit. Anthony, you know, Anthony, I need your opinion here while they fight. Um, <laughs> We're not we, fighting. We're besties. We're good now. Be, are Alex, we going to be able to get out of have, the bad and ugly? Where are we going to be able to go with this, Anthony? I mean, Clint Eastwood Clint has Eastwood. had a quite a sizable career. Okay, okay. You okay. have uh, um, the the uh, the bad guy. Uh, Lee Vance, no, that's not his name, but Lee Cleef, Lee Cleef, Lee Van Cleef. He's in, you know, a bunch of stuff, including like we could go from like Escape from New York from here or something like that. Mm. A lot yeah. of great movies. Uh, yeah, there's a, we're okay. definitely very far from the Chinese but, film industry in general now. <laughs> but like, yeah, a huge bummer for me. I mean, um, you can with Clint Eastwood, you can literally get to any decade between 1950 and literally last year. 
because he's okay, well, shown in also, a movie every just, just since Ezra reminded me that we have new power cards from last week, um, and I my power I have a power card that is extremely broad, um, uh-huh. and I'm just going to tell you guys what it is, just because I'm so bad at this, but. Um, I get to move to any movie that was shot with the same aspect ratio and type oh, yeah. of film as the originating film. So I don't know if that would get me to China Hunter. Maybe you can help me with that. Oh yeah, no, for, for sure. That's a broken card. It's I mean, <laughs> most of the cards are broken. Right. That's part of the fun. We just that one's really broken. <laughs> well, yeah. wait, actually, no, this we... one. So good, the bad, and ugly was shot in uh, two point three five. Two point three five. Well, we can. I'll yeah. figure this out. We'll. Just, we'll. This. This will be that some... out there so that someone else can help because I think some. Yeah. We're going to be able to, if not this one later. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Okay. Excellent cool. work, you guys. Good having. Cool. I love when this this happens. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Not too many power cards were played last time. We played them all at once, that and I'm glad lot. it was just it's just this one. It's and just Ezra, this one. I think that other one you've got. You should play it. You know what would really ruin it for us. <laughs> is if you play it once the new order is established. Yeah. So that you can ruin, if me and Alex are going to be working together, we're obviously going to want to be one or two in the next thing. And now you can perfectly ruin that. Yeah. So after, so this is Hunter's pick. That means I'm last next week, the last for round five, which means um, we're going to do a redraw, which means I could potentially go twice in a row, although I've never been first before. So why would it start now? Um, or if Hunter gets it, we could work together. So anybody who wants to partner with me as a chance to go next next week um, is an option. Um, I'm very excited to watch Good Mad Neo. This, this worked out well. It's too long, but at least it's not going to ruin two nights. It'll be a, a fun I two mean, nights. Here's the problem, Alex. If you're just taking your medicine, like you would, you would not have to worry about Endgame. You know, I'm going to keep on trying to get after it. So it's yeah, like yeah. And it's not a smart get on your side. It might be the most gettable <laughs> movie to get to ever. But that's why I think it's fun, Ezra. If we try and stop you from getting there, do you understand my motivation? <laughs> yeah. There is like you I, will get it eventually. I know you will. There's no way. I also think There's it's no like get it. there might be a time when I'm either like going to be absent and you guys have to do an episode without me, or oh, we'll maybe. Wait. <laughs> nah, yeah, you're watching it, yeah. Alex. I mean, real talk, like not in the game anymore. You are definitely watching. Maybe it. there's a way that uh, it's worth it in a deal for me that I get something that I actually really want out of it. Yeah. Um, oh, or Alex had joy. You know what movie was all shot in three point two point three five? What? Endgame. Oh God, it was. You know directly <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. Well, probably not going to do that. Um, here's what I'll do, Ezra. Actually, I'll make you an offer. Yeah, I'll make this one public. We can discuss it off the air, but I'll make you an offer. If I can move via my power card to watch Endgame after this, yeah. I will do that in exchange for all five of the points, and I get to pick your next movie. What? That's ridiculous. That's not a good deal. Don't take that. Deal, not- Come You'll on. be able to get to it way easier. Well, I guess yeah, we'll have to see. Just, just want yeah. to put it out there. Okay, it, you guys. Endgame's like the easiest movie to get to. That's like the easiest pick in all in this whole game has been Endgame. Come right. on, you can honestly yeah, probably get to it from the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, so many people. Can. I haven't looked yet, but yeah. you probably can. All right, we're gonna have to wrap on that. It's been a long episode already, but we have one more thing we got to do. Please stick around while we thank Destiny. <laughs> All right, you guys, we have a new meat buddy that we need to thank. And um, new meat buddy, but a person who's been around for a long time helping support our show. You guys may remember Destiny and Destiny's family. We, um, we, we, I think we, we played a clip of Destiny's dad talking about a movie he was in in Seattle. We've done spo- Destiny-sponsored episodes for um, 
at least two of her children, possibly both. I don't know if there's other children lying around. Um, Destiny's sponsored a show, uh, an episode for themselves. There's a lot. Destiny's been very good to us over the years, uh, but has now joined the Patreon as well. And Destiny says this, I, hi, I'd thought about signing up several times. I did the sponsorships instead. But when you had Guilt Amnesty, I thought about jumping on that. And then I was like, no. No, because I don't feel guilt. So I don't need to feel guilty anyway. I've done several <laughs> sponsorships. I don't need amnesty from anything, damn it. If anything, you should feel guilty for yes. giving one of my kids questionable family planning advice last time. Oh, yeah. no. And I don't remember that, but it does sound like us. Um, mm -hmm. Right? Especially I don't remember what yes. I said, but it sounds definitely familiar. sounds like us. So what I love about this, because of course, it's we're wrap, we've wrapped up Double Guilt May, and we're into June, which we haven't quite figured out. But this came in just at the end of May. So this mm. is still on Double Guilt, but the guilt is on us. That's what's happening. It's yet again, the Double Guilt has backfired. No one's feeling it. guilty but us, all of May. Um, I think we're going to make June on we june that's what i'm gonna do june we so for the rest of june if you donate to the show you have to feel uh, about it yeah <laughs> that's what if you if you donate for this month and this month only we will allow you to feel uh, uh, so that's uh, june we so okay uh, so continuing on with destiny um you probably do know this about me don't know this about me but i own a yarn shop and teach knitting and design knitting patterns Oh, it was actually on one of my knitting forums that your podcast was originally recommended to me years ago, which is another you ever find out you have captive markets. You don't realize, you know, we mm. were killing it in the <laughs> knitting game. You guys, that makes I sense because I, I don't know which one we would have been otherwise. So it must have been that my knitting wife is a fantastic movie watching like activity. Uh, she's a really, really good at knitting. She's made a bunch of beautiful things and hangs out on knitting forums all the time and has never once brought up a show. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know how much... She's probably the one who promoted it, but no. No, no, no. She would never. She's never listened to this. God, no. She's got way better things to do with her time. <laughs> Well, she does. This does actually make sense with your wife a lot because, as Destiny says, uh, knitting is a fantastic movie watching activity. Yes, and knitties are all, knitty, knitters are always asking each other what else to watch next. Um, tell Anthony and Hunter that a lot of knitters are also gamers. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Interesting. That I'm seems hard because you'd have. Although it's true with Heather, but it doesn't seem like you need to need your thumbs for one or the other thing. Well, I don't think well, they're saying they're at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just like they just got good manual dexterity. Okay. Um, so what I want more than anything in the world is to teach any or all of you to knit. But Whoa. since that's probably not possible, I'll take a pep talk. So um, here's what I have in, in, in our uh, emails with Destiny. Um, I will be in Seattle at some point. Um, in fact, I think I will be in Seattle at the end of the summer doing uh, one night only at Club Comedy in Seattle. So um, more on that to follow. But I'm gonna tr next time I'm in Seattle doing some stand-up, I'm going to bring a camera and I'm going to do a little make a little movie of Destiny teaching me to knit at her knitting shop. So um, I do this little occasional web series called Alex Tries and sometimes it's big things, but I've never tried knitting. So I think I'm just going to let Destiny teach me to knit, make a little TikTok about it. That'll be a separate thing. But for this, for this moment only, pep talk just for the becoming a a. Mm -hmm. a, a a meet Rian, a meet buddy. Um, so uh, Destiny would like a pep talk. Running a small business is really hard, especially these days, yep. and I could use a little cheer. So let's do a quick um, small business pep talk in the time of inflation and post-COVID. Um, I guess maybe, knit Anthony, did knitting have a good run during COVID? It probably did, I, right? I absolutely think so, yeah. My wife, uh, and so that's what I was going to say is like, 
one of the best things I would imagine about working, I know I, can, I can't even imagine how tough this has been for you, Destiny, especially going through the last few years with COVID. Um, it's hard for any small business. But if there's one thing I have learned from my wife and her community of knitting friends is that owning a knitting and sort of like craft store like that, you are, you're going to have just customers who come in right randomly. But what you're 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 in a field that has built-in community to it. Mm -hmm. So over COVID, one of the things my wife did was she has her her and her friends had the knitting stores they like, and they were going to fucking support them, rain or shine. <laughs> the stores are not going to be victims of COVID. Right? Yes. So there was a lot of great stuff, especially I don't know if this. Imagine Seattle's not too different from Portland in terms of this. But over COVID, uh, my wife and I we went on a bunch of yarn crawls. It's something all the knitting stores got together and did. Oh, cool. They had things. So if you stopped by each one of them, you would get something. You could fill out like a bingo code. Each one of them had prizes from vendors and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so what I got to, what I really got to notice doing these things was I got to see so many stores that people, were much closer to the staff than they are at normal stores, the customer and the, the um, employees. Uh, there's like a fanaticism and people really wanting to support those companies. So I would say, um, you know, remember that I'm sure right now, Destiny, you're thinking of customers who come in all the time that you've built a relationship with. You watch them come in, maybe, you know, amateurs, who really couldn't knit very well at all and are seeing them, you know, a few years later making beautiful things. And it's got to be an incredibly right. satisfying as somebody who's worked in retail a lot um, and doesn't have those kind of experiences with customers because the type of retail I have just doesn't foster that type of experience. So I would say, like, definitely during the hard times, remember that. Remember, like, this is not a most companies, especially in retail I've worked in, all you really do is send out eventual trash right <laughs> like everything you sell will eventually just be trashed and thrown away and it's disposable and cheap uh but what you do is you send out stuff to be made you know for maybe junky stuff to possibly heirloom quality items and that's like a freaking fucking cool thing to be involved in and do for a living um so i i would say take solace i'm sure you already know this you don't need me to explain yeah, no, this to you, but that's like a very cool thing, and I'm jealous of people who get a work <laughs> and own experiences like that. You know, this is a little different from being a pep talk, but I and I obviously this is something that Destiny knows, but I I think when you are inside stuff, sometimes you forget things that seem really cool because they're every day for you. So I do think yeah. that's a really helpful thing to remember is just like what a cool thing that is, and um, not to say like uh, you need to appreciate better, whatever, but um, like. Yeah, this is a cool thing, and 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 you might be so close to it, you forget that you get to do all of this cool shit when other people have to do lamer things. Yeah. Um, I did find because she mentioned, uh, uh, Destiny mentioned this in the uh, the New York Times article, actually, an early pandemic about her knitting groups online uh, survival during during lockdown. So um, clearly, is aware of like how powerful this local yeah, I mean, uh, think this about like. Be. How popular making bread was and knitting is way yeah. more permanent than that. I mean, I imagine knitting was huge. For Seriously, COVID bread, it's knitting. like a day or two and it gets worse so fast. Yeah. <laughs> it get, bread gets worse like shockingly dumb. fast. 
it's like dumb for us to make bread because like it's like you can just buy bread at the store, but like I I can knit you you know like a cool hat you can't get anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so I can buy hats. I just can't have one that you made with your style, and that's true of bread too. Like I could make you some terrible uh, bread that was really yeah, bad yeah, in yeah. a bunch of interesting ways you've never bought before. So I could just make wrong bread. Also, you could wear my bread as a hat. Um, <laughs> off topic. We have gotten a little far off. But I will say um, I did. I was sorry. I was if I sound a little distracted because I wanted to make sure I actually had this name. But it's it's Seattle Yarn is the name of yeah. of her her company. So I really um, hope you don't listen to this podcast while you're running the shop, like for customers to hear. Um, that would be my piece of advice: is listen to us on your own time. Oh yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I well, just got very scoldy very fast. No, you're no, just no, but, I'm just being a retail manager, it's Anthony. That you're like, it's, no, Destiny's your not away. doing that. You're on that. the floor. No, no, there's just, no way. There's no way Destiny's doing that. So Destiny's going to have that experience where you're being told something. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know. I'm sure you good. I'm just. We say a lot of wild shit, and I, I think it's because <laughs> people are consenting oh, and they yeah. listen to us for fun. But if you're just playing, if you end up going to a knitting store because you need a new pattern and you have to hear my dumb ass talking uh <laughs> i think that would be a bummer i would not like that would that. be a bummer um i i will say i'm not uh i'm not like a super patient person and i don't have a lot of downtime currently but what i do have is i desperately need to do something with my hands while i'm watching tv i can't just sit there and so like i got really into lock don't just picking. sit there with your hands at your sides or in your lap i can't for, would never be able to do it. so i'm always spinning a pen that's my main thing that i've been doing since i was in high school mm -hmm. but i got like into lock picking a few months ago as just a thing to have a lock and two picks sitting by the tv so when i'm watching tv i can just pick a lock and then close it and then pick it and this then is, close it this is, basically, this is like lock picking that produces a hat which is pretty incredible yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. yeah this, yeah, this yeah. does look like i'm lo i'm lock picking a hat and i do so i'm I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of buying this. I'm kind of interested in it. I, so Destiny, I'm just I'm just hanging out on your Yelp page right now, and your store looks really, you know, beautifully organized. It looks like really really soft, pretty colors there on all yeah, the yarns. Website, website is so good. This is such a good website. Yeah. I love this website. And 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 I just it makes me want to yarn. It makes me want to knit. I like the yeah. section of fiber you have. I think there's a whole thing called Notions, which is a a, a rel relevant uh, Notions. Really, like this is like. I don't even know what a notion is. I'm looking at a bunch of guys. What is a notion? It has like foot measures. Uh, I don't even know pom -pom. what a notion is. I'm looking at a bunch of all notions. <laughs> you can wash. What is the category of things that includes this? Needles and wash in it. Those are all no, notions. These are just I don't understand, Ezra. What are you confused by? These are all just notions. Oh, I'm so glad we were perusing this website. So uh, this episode, we're recording this on the 9th. It's probably going to come out on the 10th. This Saturday, June 11th, 2022 is Worldwide Knit in Public Day, a celebration of knitting, an opportunity to commune oh, with other yeah. knitters. And SeattleYarn.com has, of course, a Knit in Public Day bingo. Perfect. Although I will say, as far as bingo goes, these are all a lot of these are in your control. <laughs> Buy some notions. Have a see that? Yeah. A notion. Buy a notion. I feel like bingo is a lot easier if you get to mm. make your own. It's like I'd like to be 21. Bingo. A little, a little unfair, um, <laughs> but uh, if you if you do the bingo card, you can get entered into a drawing at Seattle Yarn. Anyway, and I, also Anthony, it looks like clearly they've been doing some yarn crawls as well up in Seattle as you'd expected. So I guess this is like everybody's having a hard time, and every small business owner is, ha is having a hard time. And I I guess I want to just echo what Anthony said, which is like at least you're having a bad time surrounded by good people and cool things because mm -hmm. a lot of 
small business owners are doing it without that. So, um, and I, and I do think you've, by picking that and building community, you probably have helped yourself weather some of these storms. I don't know. That's, I guess a pep yeah. talk is like, you're doing good, bud. Yeah. And I, mean, good, bud? I, like I said, I mean, one of the things that <clears throat> has been the one of the constant sense of joy over the last like 10 years is watching my wife go from learning to knit, making very rough socks for me over the first few months making like <laughs> a kind of a not great scarf uh and like really um learning to this now she makes a, a sizable amount of change doing commissions on the sides and wow it's like every baby shower or whatever we go to people are just so excited to see what my wife knits for them and like watching her go from like like oh like cute and like really working hard to making like incredibly high quality stuff like i have several sweaters she has knit me that i fucking adore and every time i wear them out people are like where'd you get that and i tell them my wife made it they like can't believe me and it's just like yeah it's such a delight and it's one of my favorite things in my life is to have that um so like imagine just seeing that every day with customers has to be awesome you know I love that. Um, I will just say the last thing we have to do because this is a you know it's a standard pep talk for a new new meat buddy. Um, have have some more kids. That's my main thing. Oh. But if you take away one what? thing from this, huh. it's I think like six more kids is the right number of kids. Because especially if you're having a small business issue, you know one thing I remember from the 1700s: you have more kids, they work the farm, right? It's very affordable. Oh, you know, um, yeah. they can my, help do here's your, my do, issue though. I feel like. <laughs> More kids might put it into perspective. Why are you donating to this podcast? I have mouth to feed. <laughs> so maybe oh, you're right. more kids. Maybe chill away. The fact that you have the disposable income now to give us money. Well, to me, so well, just, just, you have the perfect amount of family right now. No, That's a good spot. <laughs> there's plenty of time to listen to this podcast before you decide to have more kids. Mm-hmm. And then... Once you're done with the podcast, then you can be like, all right, now I'm ready. You know what I mean? So just like listen to the podcast. And then when you're done with it, when you're tired of us, then it's time to have more kids. And that's how we should factor into our listeners lives. I mean, I think the and main thing the audience, audience little sweaters for their your own baby shower, yeah. not just yeah. not just destiny. But I think everyone in general should remember that uh, some of us have kids. So we really need this money. So like, <laughs> You know, like, not that many of us have kids, to be clear, but but yeah, enough of hey, us. But don't 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 do that, Alex. I'm just, no, just no, be cool, be cool. I mean, be cool. Right? Be cool. Some Alex. of us have right, kids. We have a, there's a lot of kids to feed. Yeah, okay? some yeah, of us have habits. Podcast. All right, some of us have debts. You know, some of us we need <laughs> that cash to keep. Yeah, there's we have, so we have we have more gambling problems. Video than games, sure. okay? Video games are expensive. All right, I gotta yeah. buy them. They are so expensive. Um, so expensive. All right. Well, we have to go. Thank you so much for donating, Destiny. And uh, I just wanted to give you a little bad fan family planning advice at the end there. Uh, but we really appreciate you donating the show and sticking with us for all these years. And I hope you got a lot of good knitting done today while you were listening to this. And I look forward to someday learning. how. What's the smallest thing you can make, Anthony? Can I like learn how to make like a ring? What do you like an afternoon? Like a cozy? Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I've seen my wife tone out like full gloves in like a sitting or like a sh- yeah, baby shirt be, in a sitting. This is my first try. Yeah, so I it's think like something like a like a like a cozy like a like a drink cozy or yeah, yeah. like a like a like a fabric coaster. Just literally a square. 
I think if you made a square, that would be a, a good square, place okay. to start, cool. you know? I mean, I'm sure Destiny yeah. knows. He teaches people before. But all right. Um, we have to get going. Um, thank you so much uh, for donating. If you guys want to donate and join Destiny and get the weirdest pep talk and small business advertisement, go to metreon.com. And we really appreciate everybody who donates to the show. Thank you so much for sticking with us for this long ass episode. This is a this is a uh, spaghetti western of an episode. This was like nearly three hours. Mm-hmm. We will be uh, back with you next week talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly, all three at the same time. And bonus, we're gonna play Mary Fuck Kill with those three people. I don't know. I, I'm definitely fucking too, Kev. Yeah. Sure. Perfect. Um, and <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, um, yeah, if you have any feedback for us, send us an email podcast at redashweb.com. Don't forget, you can apply for the Teeny Tiny Grant by going to teenytinygrant.org and get 11 bucks or uh, be eligible. You, we, we're not going to be able to get them to everybody, but you could apply to get $11 to do something nice for somebody else, not $10 for yourself, like a piggy snookadook would. This is just for you to do something nice to somebody else. So, teenytinygrant.org. And that was it. I threw something else I was going to say. I forgot. Um, thanks for being here, Anthony. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Winter, good hanging out with you. Yeah, hey, thank you. And Ezra, great work today. <laughs> Here's to the chaos. We'll talk to everybody next week. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.